Hello and welcome to the 411, powered by H Podcast. We are a group of seniors living in Vancouver, BC, and we all belong to the 411 Senior Centre. The producers of the podcast are the most diverse bunch of people you could imagine, which is just great. Because that's exactly what a podcast for seniors should be. Coming in this episode, we will be discussing meditation, we'll also be chatting about technology tips, and we'll even hear some poetry. Coming up first though, one of our podcast producers, Mayumi, talks to 411 member Betty Porteous about her involvement at the Senior Centre. What does it mean to be an active senior? It's fun. Um, because um, at the 411, for instance, we uh, our friends have just got together over the years and we enjoy each other's company, we laugh, we joke, we tell stories, and we do yoga, we sell stuff in the thrift store, and um, I wouldn't give it up for anything. How did you come to live in Vancouver? My husband was in telephony, and so we traveled across Canada, different places. And the very last time we were in Winnipeg, and he says, where do you want to go? Or the East Coast, where we had already been in Halifax, or the West Coast, we hadn't been to Vancouver. So I said, Vancouver. What's a secret talent that you have? <laughs> Um, well, when I was young, I was very shy. Now I'm not shy at all. So I guess I talk to everybody. What's something we don't know about you? Mm. Um, I was 10 pounds when I was born. And I was born on the floor. In Scotland in my mother's place, my poor mother. What does the 411 mean to you? Uh, um, well, my husband, the same husband, was hit by a car, and in, in his recovery, it was suggested that he do Tai Chi for balance. So we heard about um, the 411, but we'd never been there. So we came down, registered, and did Tai Chi. He lasted two weeks, but it was too strange for him, and I loved it. So I just stayed on. And then I saw the gift shop, and I wondered if they needed any help. And that's how I started in the 411. We are Charlotte, Michelle, and Taylor, and Lynn, and we are talking about meditation today. Meditation is, for some, a religious or spiritual practice. For others, it's a part of their total wellness. And recently, it was repopularized through mindfulness. Goldie Hahn took it into the schools in the United States as a Mind Up program. And last summer, we heard about the adult leader of a group of boys that were trapped in a cave, and he used mindfulness. We have some stories about ways that meditation has helped people's lives. Michelle, how has it helped you? Um, yes, 
So I started actually uh, to meditate or doing mindfulness for quite a while. But now that I'm senior, so I have more time. So I try to do every morning uh, 20 minutes or a bit more. And that's, that is sitting cross-legged. But uh, actually, I like to do the other ones much better because it's a bit easier. So, for example, I, I do... Um, like I focus on what I'm doing, for example, when I wash dishes. So I, you know, I, I look at my hands doing this and that and the smell of the hot water coming up. Uh, yeah, and, and putting the dishes one by one when they're finished. So I, you know, I don't break so many glasses like before, for example. And uh, I like actually when I brush my teeth in the morning, I do it with my non-dominant hand, uh, which is supposed to help, you know, uh, rewire the, the brain uh, path. And, uh, and then I really enjoy uh, brushing the teeth because then I feel that my teeth getting really cleaned up. And so, yeah. So I also do, uh, I like to do, um, to <coughs> focus on... Uh, on uh, things that I see around. For example, when I wait for the bus, uh, instead of being anxious and, and, you know, getting nervous because the bus is not on time. So I look around, look at the trees, look up in the sky, the clouds. So I try to be present and, and, and just uh, simply be, just enjoy the present, the moment, now. So, uh, so that's um, the usual meditation uh, things that I do every day. Meditation for me was a remedy or, or an alternative to the madness of multitasking. At retirement age, I decided to go back to school for filmmaking, and I found that because so many people were encouraged to do several things at a time. Somebody ran over a piece of equipment that cost $1,200. Another person slipped, broke their leg, uh, just because they were not concentrating on one thing at a time. When I learned about mindfulness, it helped me to really get a greater appreciation of just focusing. Like the song, Love the One You're With, to be with the thing that you are with. And so when I am organizing and getting things ready for my camera. I just think about the camera. I'm not thinking about the tripod, but just getting that one thing done and finished, then moving on to the next thing. Now, tell our story. Meditation is a part of your daily lifestyle. Uh, yes, uh, I meditate every morning, and I do aspirations. Uh, and I've been doing it for the last 10 years, and I'm finding what I found really mostly it helped me re letting go of fear. Uh, I could just sit there and just allow the fear to be and don't make a story from it, and it disappears. And so I thought that was a great thing to learn because I've been living in fear a lot in my life. Lynn um, is going to share with us a story about someone that she heard on the handy dart talking about how meditation restored their independence. Um, we're going to give you a little bit of a do-along. 
you know, we're not going to say close your eyes <laughs> because you might be driving, but almost everybody eats at some time of the day. And one of the things that happens at this society where people might have a half an hour lunch, they throw their food down their throat. Uh, Ten minutes later, they're still hungry, and so they keep snacking and snacking. Or they drink things and burn their throats because they don't notice whether they're having a hot drink, cold drink, etc. So this mindfulness overeating involves first looking at what you're having. If you've got rice, think about how the rice was planted. Imagine the people tending it in the fields and then it going through the process of being brought to the market and people carefully either weighing it out or packaging it so that you could enjoy it. Think about the vegetables, how they were put into the ground and nurtured by Mother Nature until they became this delightful piece of broccoli or carrot that's on your plate. And just avoid watching TV or doing something else. And really, this leads to a deeper sense of gratitude and a better sense of digestion for your food. There's some resources that you guys have been using uh, in dealing with meditation, what are some of the places that you go to? Well, I, I myself, I go to Nalanda Bodhi uh, because it's two blocks from my place. And main reason. <laughs> also, they have uh, study programs and, and retreats. They, they're also offering a retreat in, they bought, uh, uh, the Buddhists bought a place in, in Banff. And there's a retreat that they're starting to go to in the summertime. And the other ones in, in Vancouver are the Vancouver Shambhala Center and the Kadampa Center and the, and the Zen Meditation Center. Yes, it seems like all of them now have got retreats. Some are one-day retreats and others are the ones, like you say, you travel and may spend a week. What about some of the shows? I know you've mentioned uh, the Joseph Goldstein show. What are some other shows? On YouTube or, you know, podcasts. So I, I listen to to those uh, spirit, spiritual teachers like uh, Joseph Goldstein, John Kabat-Zinn, and uh, Jack uh, Jack Confew. I enjoy those. And then Thich Nhat Hanh is a spiritual Buddhist uh, priest who also has written and has spoken about a way with peace, how meditation is part of the path to peace. And so what we really want to share with you today is that meditation starts your day with more focus. It helps keep you on track and calm throughout the day, and it can set your night for better sleep. And that has been our meditation sharing to you. Thank you for listening. Hello, I'm Michelle and here is Frank. Hello. We're from the 411 Senior Center. Maybe you want to have a pencil and paper ready because we have a lot to share. In this modern age, we are all challenged by technology. This is becoming an enormous issue, not only for those over 50, but for seniors, it is difficult to keep up with the ever-changing technology, and it is easy to feel overwhelmed. So we have rounded up 
a few resources and tips for seniors living in Vancouver. We hope you find them useful. One of the best things you can do as a senior with regard to technology is to get help in person with a real person in real life. Here are a few places you can go in Vancouver. The 411 Senior Center at 333 Terminal Avenue offers computer classes and also one-on-one -on -one help sessions on Mondays from 2 to 3, on Wednesdays from 12 to 1, and on Thursdays from 2 to 3. Then there's West End Seniors Network at Barclay Manor on Barclay Street in the West End. There's computer and cell phone tutor assistance daily from 9 to 4.30 p.m. The Vancouver Public Library, the Central Library on Hamilton Street downtown, has a wonderful, the wonderful Vancouver Library has several options for seniors, including their popular tech cafe, Tech Club. Drop in and scheduled classes where you can get to know the internet, and they also offer various other workshops. There are Vancouver community centers and neighborhood houses in Vancouver. Computer and technology are offered throughout the year. You can also learn about your mobile device, build an app, create an animation, and much more. Google Community Center Vancouver or Neighborhood House Vancouver and visit the one you like and check their programs. Then there's the UBC Learning Exchange at 612 Main Street. Their website is learning.exchange at ubc.ca. They have free two-hour workshops and they have unscheduled drop-in activities. There's the Vancouver Community Network, a non-profit internet service provider. The website is www.vcn.bc.ca. So there's a weekday drop-in in computer help. Then there's the uh, Bonsor 55 Plus Senior Center at 6533 Nelson Avenue in Burnaby. They have personalized help by computer experts on a drop-in basis on weekdays. And there's uh, Free Geek Vancouver at 1820 Pandora Street. They have open help night every Wednesday from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. where there's free skill sharing and education with hands-on problem-solving. Finally, here are a couple of other useful websites. www.agingingplaceinoneword.org Or you can Google on, or on YouTube, search for Technology for Seniors Made Easy. Or just Google and search ask any question and get answers in seconds. Ultimately, remem remember that technology is something that everyone can learn and find useful. Just remember to be patient, not take it too seriously, and that it's really okay to ask for help. 
The final part of our podcast today is a chance to hear some of our members' poetry. Sharing the poems today are Katie Gregg, Charlotte Farrell, Michelle Nguyen, John Roberts, and Brian Phillips. Hi, this is Kathy Gregg from 411 Seniors. The sun is shining. The spring flowers are beautiful. Your heart is overflowing, or maybe broken. Your loved one estranged. A passerby provokes irritation or evokes laughter. A poem can say it best. Sometimes only a poem can say it at all. Meet Taylor Coe. Hi. Uh, my, my poem actually reflects a lot, some of what you said. So here's my poem. Smoke, smoke, it's called smoke. <laughs> smoke, 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 smoke. Write, smoke. Wash the dishes, smoke. Wipe the dishes, smoke. Smoke, write a poem, smoke. Write a smoke letter, smoke, smoke. Think, smoke. Smoke, think. Oh, I know. Smoke, I'll draw a picture. Smoke, smoke. Smoke, what to draw? Smoke, smoke, smoke. That's what I'll draw. Smoke. Good. Smoke, smoke. Draw, smoke, smoke. Draw, draw, draw. If I have another smoke, I'll croak. Ha, ha, ha. I wrote this little rhyme to, just to pass the time till he comes home tonight to fight all night. I should take this time to do some things of mine, but my heart is broke, so I'll smoke. If I worked as hard as I smoke, I wouldn't be broke. If I loved as much as I smoked, I'd be a nymphomaniac. Well, maybe next time I'll have toke with my smoke. Then I can smoke, toke, and smoke, and smoke, and toke. They say that variety is the spice of life. If I still have life after all that smoke. Joke. Taylor, this poem is so evocative. I feel like I'm there with you. And it's so visual. What was going on? I was just uh, worried about my son not being out and not coming home uh, before midnight. (laughs) And so I tend to smoke a lot when I'm worried and anxiety. And then that's when I realize that I really do smoke a lot. Well, you make that sound pretty simple, and yet the poem is really wonderful. Let's hear another. Uh, this one I did after I, uh, I did a workshop, and it just seemed to come out of the air. So this is called Knowing. The sparkling water on the sand, the immense lure of this great land, makes you stop and think a while and leaves me with a secret smile of knowing that from deep within comes the answer to all that's been. If the wind with all its force could write, it would willingly endorse the parchment of creative living, it be it violence or want on giving. In short, if you face life with might and main, so much sooner will you attain the goals that you are striving for, thus opening channels to more and more. Well, this is almost philosophical uh, compared to smoke. And you talk a little bit that you were at this this group. But can you say a little bit more about what prompted it? You say it came from nowhere, but... It's like changing my mind and having a realization that uh, 
maybe I was thinking wrong thoughts. <laughs> it's quite uplifting. Anyway, thanks, Taylor. So now we're going to hear from Michelle Nguyen. Hello. Uh, this is uh, the poem is called Beautiful Joel from Hamburg. The very first time I saw you, you were in Barcelona with your papa and mama. Your father, his look proud as a matador. Your mother, beaming with a secret under her heart. Your parents swim in the summer's rays. They laugh and hum softly while you dance in your own little ocean. All three, a wave in the immense sea. You are coming unto this earth. Impatiently, we wait for your arrival. But in our hearts, you already reside, and we love you tenderly long since. You prepare and make yourself pretty, like the rose of the little prince. You adjust your petals one by one, since you will be the fairest of all. It is cold when you come unto this world, and we are all there to keep you warm. You cry to find so strange a place, and we console you with our open souls. We cherish each beat of your heart. We delight in each sound of your mouth. We follow each gesture of your hands. We watch over each moment of your sleep. Do you hear the notes and songs in the air? Music is indeed the food of love. May it always accompany you in life, beloved daughter of artists of sound. Sweet, adorable little Joel, you are the angel of angels on earth, the princess, the beauty of Hamburg. Be most welcome among us. This is so tender and remarkable. M Michelle, tell me about your circumstances when you wrote this poem. So uh, I was surprised that my daughter-in-law was pregnant. So when this, my son and daughter-in-law, they sent me a photo. They were on vacation in Barcelona, in Spain. So I saw the little belly, tummy, and then I, then I realized, oh, I'm going to have a, a, a grandchild, the first grandchild. And they told me it's a girl. And they already had the name, Joelle. And I liked the name. So I was inspired to, to write something about my feelings when I saw the photo uh, of three of them, you know, swimming in, in the water in, in Barcelona. So uh, that's how I was in, inspired to write this poem. And, and where were you at the time? I, I was in Vancouver here. It was okay. 2002. Yes. So a world away, but, yes, but far the poem away. brought you there. Yes. It's marvelous. Michelle, you speak four languages, and this, this poem was translated. Yes. 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 T tell, me, tell me about that. Uh, I've... I usually write poems in French. I don't know, maybe because I 
when I first learned to speak, I was in France, so I spoke French first. So when I write poem, it's usually in French. So I wrote this in French first. And then I thought, oh, I, I can translate this into English. And so I did the translation. So, yes. Were, were there any thoughts or words that, that you had to really ponder over to, to translate? Uh, yeah, a, a few words, but uh, I think I, you know, like I, I, I took a, some time to do the translation. And these are easy words, so I finally I, I could find uh, you know the the translation that I wanted. Yes. Well, it's it's really uh, beautiful. Yeah, and uh, you know maybe I should mention because I I talk a lot about music here, you know, beloved daughter of artists of sound, and you know, do you hear the notes and songs in the air because. My son and daughter-in-law, they are both in the music industry. My son is a music producer. So I, I thought, you know, this child is going to love music. And indeed, she's 16 now, and she's a singer-songwriter. And she she's uh, producing and, and singing a lot. Oh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's really like, like music. Yeah, music is uh, her... Her life now, yeah. So do you also write poetry in Vietnamese? Or I know that you've translated existing Vietnamese poetry into English, right? Yes, yes, into maybe French first and English later. Wow. Yeah. Did, did you want to read a, a, a little bit of, just a little bit of Vietnamese? Oh, I didn't bring the book. You didn't bring it. I didn't okay. bring next so, time. Okay, okay yeah, next maybe. time. Okay. Did, did you have another poem? Um, well, I have the translation of that Vietnamese uh, okay. poem. Okay. If you want me to read it, yeah. Sure. Um, so it's called Words of Innocence. Let me be an old man sitting around this in the city, thinking of his life past, a leaf withered at the season's end. I want to be an old man. So I need not love and need not live. Oh, my life has gone. Let me be a child so I can laugh and play, so I can sleep in peace and dream another dream. I want to be a child and sing forever words of innocence. Why can't it be so? I need not my life. I need not my life. I need not my love. Yes, I really want it so. Oh, I need not myself. Why am I the lover forever suffering the torments? Thank you very much. Meet John Roberts, another one of our 411 poets. Well, he was a poet, I think, all his life, and he's going to read a series of his poems now. Okay, thank you. Um, Yeah, I have a few poems I'll start off with Cast My Song. Cast my song to the lonely and dispirited, down dark alleys with crouching shadows. For those lost souls who yearn for home, let my melody weave a unison of songs where we are joined in one chorus. Stepping Out 
Would you like to dance? Perhaps my plea is no longer compliant, and my jetty is less than vertical. I'll try not to back into you while doing the derriere. Let's still try a pas de deux, perhaps a frappe on the side. She's a regular East End kind of girl. She's a regular East End kind of girl. She can pick a lock with her teeth in the dark and steal a car before it's parked. Law-abiding, honestly constable, she didn't see a thing. She takes her Johnny Walker straight up, no ice sinks, and likes her weed from Monday to Saturday, never on Sunday when she goes to Mass. Sometimes she needs a little R&R, as long as he's good-looking in a weird sort of way, has all the hot moves and just the right chat, late with irony, sincerity, and all that. But he better treat her right or she'll have him for breakfast. She doesn't like outsiders. Those bimbos from Kits give her the shits, and anyway, they're all from Mississauga. She reads philosophy, including Plato and Goethe. Nietzsche, no way. She doesn't have an existential crisis, not with her vices, because she's a regular East End kind of girl. Enough. I never used to have enough. Enough would have been fine. I wanted plenty. But I was always thirsty. I went to the well. The well became dry. Dry as a bone. Old bones, new bones, bones unborn, bones now dead. Now, at last, I have enough. Enough rapture, enough rage, enough passion, enough piety. Plenty is never enough. Enough is always enough. Enough for all. John, you have that knack for a turn of phrase, and that's putting it mildly. Your language is amazing, and you can create atmosphere better than, well, you can really create atmosphere. When did you start to have fun with words? And I'm hoping that it's fun because it it sounds fun to me. Well, I started writing off and on, and including poetry, after I retired. And um, at first I wrote spiritual and serious poetry, and then it sort of started to get more ironic and darkly humorous and edgy. And um, that's mainly what I do, but I've forgotten what your the original question. Well... Um... <laughs> And when you when you said um, ironic and darkly edgy, I mean that's definitely a marvelous description for for uh, what you do. But what I asked was, when did you start to have f- fun with words? And it sounds like it was when you retired. That's uh, yeah, well, because I had nothing better to do. I needed an outlet. And I found I had a need to write. And uh, it and it sort of just took hold. And uh, it's been that way ever since, although more recently it's getting more difficult to get hold of those words. They seem a bit elusive. Um, but once you get bitten by that bug, it, it's pretty fatal. Well, I'm glad that you got bitten by the bug, although I don't want it to be fatal. But your poetry does a lot for me. 
So thank you very, very much. You're most welcome. Just for you, the poem that launched a book. Have you ever had anyone do anything just for you? I mean, just for you. Have you ever had anyone write anything just for you? I mean, just for you. Well, this poem is just for you. It is for you with cheer for your feelings to be held dear. It is for you with hope for your dreams to prosper and float. This poem is just for you. It is for your encouragement as you pound the pavement. It's for your courage as you release fear and turn a new page. This poem is just for you. It is for you with hugs and smiles right here or across the miles. It is for you with wishes and more as you open that new door. This poem is just for you. It is for your peace as you take in all life has to teach. It is for your wealth as you bask in excellent health. This poem is just for you. It is for you with love that is blessed from above. It is for you with bliss that never, ever goes amiss. This poem is just for you. Open up your heart. Open up your heart and let some poems shine in. Open up your heart and let some poems shine out. Poetry activates the inner space of joy and desire. Poetry builds the flame that lets thoughts take fire. Poetry opens up the stream that lets tears have their way. Until hope and patience have their way, open up your heart and let some poems shine out. Open up your heart and let some love shine in. Release potent words of thought that change the course of time. Release words, words that ring out, shout out, get folks talking about. The way that the signs of the times rumble and recoil. The way that the issues of the day urge you to go pray. Open up your mind and let some poems ring and shine. Open up your mind and say what has coded there. Open up your mouth and let peace and justice rhyme. Say what you mean and know in time to save our time. You have a beautiful heart and mind. Place your voice with mine and those like-minded. Open pages of words that stir thoughts unheralded. Open stages with words that ring and sing within you. Open up your heart and let some poems share out. This is Charlotte Farrell, and I, I have to say I love that name. <laughs> and she's also known as C- S- Sister C. Sister C, uh, as a uh, as a poet. And um, Charlotte, just give me a capsule of of what's going on for you as a poet. And and the one thing I I do know is that you have published a book. Other than that, I'm a, I don't know a lot about you. Okay, well, I have a couple of books. My poetry writing emerged while I was working in public health in Toronto. On the way back to the health department, I was hit by a car, uh, had a hematoma and could not read or <laughs> write words would run around the page. So the first thing that I was able to write was uh, a poem. And so initially, my poetry was cynical, funny little things. And um, I began to create poems that were uh, from tear-soaked pillows to pillars of strength. That was my first book, 
from pillows to pillars. And you had to go through uh, from the sad emotions to get to the juicy love emotions. And so, th- so this is like an insight in, into your healing process from this traumatic injury. Yes. And then um, I began being asked to do poetry at convalescent centers, graduations, even a maximum security boys prison. Oh, my goodness. And um, for my class, high school class, 55th reunion, they asked me to do a poem that would come after we memorialized 63 of our classmates that had passed away. And I wrote a poem called Just For You. And it turned out to be a, a a book <laughs> the, the, uh, called the Heart Bomb, meaning things to soothe your heart. I, I, so okay, so not Heart Bomb, B O M B, Heart B-A-L. Okay, okay. A bomb All right. Day. Okay, got and it. So in the twelve chapters, after each chapter, there's activities. So from the first one, has anyone ever done anything just for you? I mean, just for you. Well, after that, reading poems that I've written for people, there's some exercises to help the reader, write poems for someone. And so there are, uh, the, the middle chapter, there's a chapter for you with cheer, from here or across the miles. And then the last ends with ba- uh, bliss, and how people can be confused about bliss, because we just usually hear about sexual bliss. But uh, I've worked with a few spiritual practitioners, and uh, one said that bliss is being in integrity with your soul. So the book ends it- with for you with bliss that never goes amiss. So I am enjoying uh, sharing those poems, helping other people to write poems, and finding that poetry really is a healing celebration form. Well, it's it's a celebration to have you here at, at 411 Seniors. And um, I'm I'm just thrilled to hear about your, your process. Bombs and bombs. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so thank you very much. Yeah, and a lot of times I rub my hand, you know, over my heart, so when I say bomb, people won't think, so, so that they know. Well, anyway, that's great. Thank you. Well, that's just about wraps up this 411 Powered by H podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks to all the podcast producers, all the other kind participants, and the guys at Portstream Studio who helped make this all happen. 